third time to two. Three is a magic number. Welcome to Third Time's a Charm, the show that takes an in-depth look at the third installment of a franchise. This is episode 50, Iron Man 3, from 2013. I'm your host, Michael Stark, and welcome to today's Marvelicious episode. Today I'm joined by my unofficial Marvel Movies Part 3 series sidekick, The Invincible Kyle. You know Kyle from Foodie Films, and he's been my unofficial Star Wars consultant on all three Star Wars Part 3s. This guy is my leaf brother, my dyad, and now we're doing a series of good old-fashioned Marvel team-ups. There's a couple Part 3s to talk about in the MCU along the old sacred timeline, and perhaps a few more on the horizon. Cough, cough, Spider-Man, no way home. I've been wanting to talk about the Marvel movies on this show for a while now, and I've also wanted to get Kyle back on for a while now, so this is cool because I have a way to have him on for a while now. There's a couple Marvel movies we can talk about. At the end of the show, we get into some other things going on in the MCU regarding theatrical releases, uh, and when I have Kyle back for the next episode, we'll get more into what's happening over on Disney+. Plus. I want to space out some of the Marvel news a little bit since it comes and changes so much once it's announced. Who knows what's going to happen from day to day. One last thing about this episode is that Kyle and I recorded this live and in person together in my very own superhero lair. So that's why the audio quality may sound a bit different than usual. Not better or worse, just different. But now, without any further ado, grab an arc reactor and show happy your badge because I am... Iron Man. Kyle, the third time's a charm. So, Kyle, my leaf brother. <laughs> Kyle, my dyad. Oh, boy. <laughs> what are we next? We were making a pivot here. You were on for all of the Star Wars part threes that we could find. We're staying in the Disney world. We're just switching theme parks into the Marvel <laughs> Universe now. Yes, the all-consuming Disney studios. Are... Pretty soon the whole country will be just different sections of the theme park. But we are here, we're going to be talking about Iron Man 3 today. To my count, there's only about four part threes in the MCU right now. So maybe we, you know, can keep this going, make it a series. Yeah, I'm into it. So what? wait, okay, we'll start with Iron Man. Yep. Captain America. Civil War. Thor Ragnarok. Avengers. Oh, yeah. Duh. Infinity okay. War. Yeah, Infinity War, which yeah. is Which is like a weird one because it's actually... You know, a two-parter movie yeah. for, all, for all intent. It's kind of like the Kill Bill thing, well, Volume 1, <laughs> Volume 2. So when we get there, we'll decide if we'll watch all of it or just the first half. A lot's gone on since I saw you. Last time I saw you was a, a, roughly a year ago. We, we recorded the, for your show, we recorded an episode of the Cannibal series that I'm on, which is <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Uh, but like so much has been going on in behind the scenes in the MCU as well. But I want to start by talking about Iron Man and Iron Man 3. What are your sort of 
general thoughts when you re not even revisited this, but the first time, can you take yourself back to 2013, the first movie of Phase Two? Okay, yeah. of the MCU. Yeah. Right? Avengers was awesome. Like, it really solidified the series as, like, something that's going to keep going, that, that's working. What about Iron Man 3? Were you in theaters? How'd you feel about it when you first saw this? I'm pretty sure I saw it at the Garden State Plaza, a place we see quite a few movies. Yes. And I liked it. Definitely. There are, you know, parts of the story, there's a twist, and it, like, caught me off guard, oh, of yeah. course. So this is 2013, this movie, May of 2013, and the year before we get Avengers, which was the culmination at that point of five films, technically more like four because Incredible Hulk is, they make a reference to, he's like, I got low. I tried to blow my brains out or whatever. <laughs> In a deleted scene. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like three main characters. Yeah. We had Thor, Cap, and Iron Man. And then we sort of had a few sort of secondary characters. We had Black Widow peppered yeah. in there. We had Introduced Iron Man too. Mm -hmm. yeah. We had Nick Fury. So we had sort of like, you know, leads into a bigger universe out there. But we didn't really get the feeling of that until they all came together. Which they just did tremendously whatever your opinion is on joss whedon now mm -hmm. or anything like that i think he did a terrific job people now are like looking back at the first avengers and going like oh it's so slow i think people still praise the third act and the battle of new right. york but people are like a little bit more they, i don't know yeah they've poo-pooing poo poo the first couple Inter of acts interesting interesting I I think it's great. I mean, yeah. you, like we said, we were thoroughly introduced to Iron Man, you know, via two films, Cap and then uh, Thor, get a little ScarJo in Iron Man 2. We got just a brief of Jeremy Renner. Like, you know, it's yeah, a cameo yeah. in Thor. Right. We, have, no, we had the know. Hulk variant. Do you, think, yeah, we have, do, you, do you think he might show back up, Ed Norton, in uh, the Multiverse of Madness? I don't think so. Eric Bana? I don't Eric think so. I think, the only, I think the only thing we're getting from... Nick Nolte? Is the, Nick Nolte? <laughs> oh no Eric, yeah eric banna and like nick nolte i think that that would be awesome that's like bringing toby mcguire back you know it's like, close you know, to it's that close yeah to it's that. similar 2013 a year after avengers which also i mean the summer of avengers that was the same summer as uh dark knight rises came out it just avengers just entertained me so much more yeah. And uh, Dark Knight Rises. That touches on something that's interesting that I think kind of relates to this movie in particular is that at the time, and even now, you know, it's Marvel DC, Marvel DC. And, and DC was in the running and being praised for its sort of realism. Yeah. You know, it's dark and gritty take. You know, Marvel at the time came through with a new perspective on heroes and stuff. And I think Avengers really shined a light on it by saying Marvel's going to be a little brighter, less realistic. It's more of like a whimsical world. We're yeah. going to get serious, which brings me to Iron Man 3, is like this is as close to sort of the Dark Knight as like the Marvel Universe has gotten. <laughs> okay, because they're trying to ground Iron Man way more after the events of New York of the attack of New York yeah. in Avengers because that has been like until now sort of like the pinnacle of kind of saying like oh the shit's gone out of control like there's aliens yeah. there's spaceships there's and gods to a parallel to you know to to Batman Tony up and up until now the Batman that's going to be coming out Matt Reeves' Batman which is supposedly he's going to be show that he's the world's greatest detective Tony's a detective in this movie yeah he's kiss kiss bang bang which you know obviously Shane Black right there yes yes he's one of the bullet points I want to get to once <laughs> uh once we move along a little more but but, but yeah let me so let me just finish off mm -hmm. by saying in mm -hmm. 2013 going to see this in theaters I remember reading stuff I mean like Joss Whedon praised this, and so then this is also this is the third installment of Iron Man. John Favreau isn't directing; his buddy Shane Black is. I love Shane Black written and directed films, yeah. And uh, so I'm really excited. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's really fun, and it's it's one of the few Marvel movies that 
if you went in not knowing anything and you're you're into movies you're into film i i think you'd be able to tell what director directed this movie there's only a few marvel movies the two biggest ones being this one and thor ragnarok that i think you could say like yeah this director directed this movie which is interesting because they sort of shied away from that around here this was around the time of the sort of the Edgar Wright Ant-Man development stuff was yeah. going on and that dropped out because they didn't want to give so much creative freedom away but I think there was a bit of a regime change and once Kevin Feige was in total control then he started reaching out and being like do whatever you do and and things are starting to be a little more personal like I look at uh, Eternals the trailer alone doesn't look like a, any other Marvel movie to me and so I think there's a lot more of this kind of stuff going on now this seems to have been like a test or an experiment where Shane Black has you know was a proven wunderkind in yeah, Hollywood and this did and well like this was lots this, of great this, writing this broke a billion dollars it was it was tough right because Iron Man 2 didn't exactly have the best reception and I think there's a lot of pressure um, it was really rushed and John Favreau admits that he felt rushed yeah so I think they really were trying to do something more with this movie at the time I was a little frustrated watching this because I'll be honest, like after Avengers, I was really pumped up. I was ready to see him and War Machine go on a mission. Okay, but that's not the movie. It's Tony Stark, not Iron Man. You know, that might as well be the name of the of the movie instead. Just call it Tony Stark, the movie or something. Mm. I think it works way better now. Like not that I didn't like it or wasn't having fun at times, but like now I watch it and I'm really into it. It's a great part of his journey. Like, we didn't yeah. have the complete... At this point, we had three movies that were Iron Man, and like you said, this became much more the Tony story. And it's just that slower part of his story, and then it picks up again in Ultron. And this is also the beginning of Tony truly creating his demons. Yeah, his PTSD and his fear of the aliens coming back and all that kind of thing. And I think that makes a lot more sense. But I think a big part of it too is that Iron Man is gone in the MCU now, okay? And it's like, we only have a finite amount of this character. So watching this movie, I was sort of like, really more into it being like, man, I know his fate. I know what's going gonna happen yeah, to this yeah. guy. Like, I just got more sort of immersed in his personal, and it's just gonna sound weird and shit because it's a Marvel movie, but like I think that's what Shane Black was trying to do originally that didn't catch on quite as well was like we're just gonna sort of focus on his personal journey on his mental state and things and and that's just not kind of conducive to a superhero action movie however it was a good marry I think in retrospect it worked a lot better now than it did at the time for me yeah I mean he always does interesting character studies in, in his movies but I think though yeah it's playing well now because knowing his fate that we like after this again we get Ultron mm -hmm. we get Civil War yeah we get him in both Infinity War and Endgame yeah it's just a really good kind of pause moment where we really get to know the man and also again going back to Demons one of the most famous Tony Stark stories is Demon in a Bottle, which Disney wasn't going to touch an alcoholic story. But this not is then. A, not yeah, not. not they might then. do. They might have done something like that now, but like maybe. Not. I mean, they briefly alluded to it in Iron Man Two when he gets like drunk or whatever, and seems like it's going to be a problem. Yeah, he has palladium poisoning instead yeah, of alcohol yeah, poisoning exactly. in that movie. This is their version of Demon in the Bottle story. So in that comic arc as well, that is more about. Tony, but I mean, this movie, to skip to the end of it, while he says, like, you know, I am Iron Man, like, he finally separates himself from the suit. Yeah, I think they do a good job of that in the middle of the film when uh, he meets the little kid and the kid's like, is that Iron Man? He's like, yes, it is. And he's like, I'm the, you're the mechanic. And he kind of likes that. And he's like, oh, cool. There is a separation here. Like, I don't have to be Iron Man all the time. Like, I can just be Tony the mechanic yeah. and tinker it. And that can be the persona. And it's sort of like and they're showing the Batman it. thing. Yeah, and they're showing it like the suit literally walking around by itself and mm -hmm. he's in the boat at one point yeah, it's, it's separate so it's really yeah so that's cool too and I also dig on what you're saying about from now on we're gonna see Tony show up in other people's movies like it's cool to be like oh, it's just gonna be him in this it's his last time to shine on his own you know what I'm saying because after this he's gonna be running into T'Challa and like Captain America in his movie and they're gonna be running into like all sorts of things in everybody else's movie and Spider-Man he's gonna show up there yeah. a lot yeah, yeah. I mean the fact that they did from 2008 to 2013 we got Iron Man in four movies 
three of them being his own and they finished that race so iron man 3 came out then before winter soldier and uh the dark world yeah yeah which is also part of phase two but that's yeah, just, yeah. it's just kind of crazy again that i think they would have done it differently again if the fact that i mean what so the order is iron man and the incredible hulk same summer if i recall correctly yeah. Two years later, I think Iron Man 2, and then 2011 we get Thor and, Th- Cap. Thor and Cap, and then 2012 Avengers. I just remember being so surprised that the biggest influencer of the original Avengers was Thor. I mean, it makes sense if you're going to bring an alien threat, but that like Loki, Loki was the bad mm-hmm. guy and everything yeah. like that. And Break like Thor, star. Thor was technically like my least favorite at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that yeah that Iron Man two really didn't contribute anything to it, which is fine. Like standalone, this is a standalone movie too. Yeah. Uh, and this is also the first movie that's like getting people used to like okay, we're gonna make solo superhero movies now. Tony showed up in you know Spider Man, and so we're getting a bit more. You know, Doctor Strange shows up briefly in Ragnarok. We're getting a little more crossover in that sense. But this was like you know yeah the one thing that kind of confused me when the first trailer came out. I'm like but. Why, why isn't Cap just running to help I know Iron that. Man right now? <laughs> yeah. I remember that being a big sort of criticism thing they had to get over is that they couldn't... And, and it's actually addressed by uh, Mysterio where he's like, I need to create an Avenger-level event yeah. for the world to notice. And it's like, well, there's been several of those and there's only needed to be one hero to sort of stop that. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think that was a good way of referencing. I don't think we're ever going to do that again. And <laughs> sort of like we may not have been thinking about it entirely clearly. But phase two is like a weird phase, man, because you have two of the most grounded films like this and Winter Soldier, which the Russo brothers come out of the box with is, you know, still, I think, my favorite movie in the MCU. Um, And then you have like Thor to Dark World and Guardians 1. Well, I mean, it just sort of keeps in with the fashion of let's keep these guys separated on their own and learning more about how they deal with things before bringing them back together again. And then after they come back after Ultron, um, that's when you really see everybody jumping into everybody else's movies. You know what I'm saying? That's when it's more like Marvel team up. It's not so much Ant-Man 2, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. And even the fact that Black Widow, you know, being in Winter Soldier, that's one of my favorite Black Widow appearances in any movie. Ant-Man is the same summer. It came out after, but it's considered part of Phase 2. The last movie in Phase 2. Yeah. After Ultron. After Ultron. Well, let's get into a little bit about Iron Man 3 itself. I have a couple bullet points here. I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want to... Should I just go down this list and then we'll talk about things? So let's just start with the elephant in the room. Let's just talk about the Mandarin right up front. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's just sort of like the biggest thing to come out of this movie, like the biggest talking point, I feel. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was a good idea. I think they handled it really well because if you remember at the time, there was sort of a lot of pressure about doing a character named the Mandarin and how politically correct it is. And, you know, getting Ben Kingsley was going to play him. It's There was all that whitewashing sort of like yelling going on about the character and stuff. Yeah. When we got the Mandarin showing up, I was like, all right, the character is even confessing that he's sort of taking this persona from something else right he's like he's like i'm using the mandarin name in the way that america is like using things around the world and appropriating it for my own good and all that kind of i was like oh okay so like he's making sort of a point about being a hypocrite and all this kind of shit and then when he turns out to be like some wanker trevor slattery (laughs) that's when i i was on i was like kind of on the fence and then when they did that i was like good i'm glad they did that you know i'm glad they debunked this version of the mandarin and as we all know about comics there's multiple versions of characters you know there's a lineage going on and now we're actually gonna get and now we're actually gonna get the real mandarin but i also feel again would it have the sort of impact if they didn't do this first they did that marvel short where they broke you know ben kingsley out of prison and scoop mcneary breaks him out of prison to go (laughs) like answer to the actual mandarin and everything yeah i just think like it's a very interesting history of the character in the mcu and that we're finally going to get like the actual mandarin makes this work better in retrospect to be like oh like he really is copying this off of like a real terrorist and it's sort of like Killian is really dumber than he looks. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for all the smarts and everything, 
posing as the Mandarin, knowing a real one's out there is like insane. Maybe he thinks that like it doesn't, you know, because it sounds like the Mandarin is then a character that's been around for like centuries, you know, it's like at the same time we're talking the story stuff, but this is also Marvel and this is, you know, let's face it, like as far as political correctness and just like what we digest as a society, they then tried to do the same thing with the Ancient One and Doctor Strange at the time. People were like, oh, okay, I mean, number one, the first thing, they get fantastic actors. So we've got Ben King, Academy Award winner Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. And then, then we get Tilda Swinton. Yeah, so we're yeah. getting all these great actors it's and they're just like, okay, an ancient one, the ancient one is a title that can be passed. But then like, as far as what I'm reading now, people are like, oh, that was then also not the right thing to do. But it's just like not, you know, fair representations of the cultures. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, not to begin with. You're right. Yeah. So it's a battle to sort of do it correctly to yeah, begin it's, with. It's a learning curve, but it seems like when they learn something new, they're like, oh, okay, this is where we can get it now. I think Marvel's doing the best they can, considering that I think at this point they were even owned by Disney, if I'm not mistaken. So they're doing the best they can under that umbrella, which is trying to be the least controversial thing on the on the planet and and also creating a connective universe that had never been done before yeah yeah and i give i give marvel a lot of credit what they're doing now with stuff like falcon and winter soldier right like they didn't shy away from racism in that show you know what i'm saying so like they're doing the best they can is the way i feel but like how much do you really want you know people are not looking for that in these types of movies no, so you gotta be very popcorn entertainment yeah so you gotta have a lot of sort of tact and, and do it right or else it's gonna feel very preachy and stuff I just remember watching this being like, oh, they're doing something interesting with the Mandarin, with the appropriation thing. And then, oh, look at that. They're like, they've totally like turned him into like this version is a puppet, a joke kind of thing. Final answer. Which side are you on with the Mandarin reveal? You like it? You don't like it? It's hilarious. It's entertaining. <laughs> it's entertaining. And now also like hindsight that we are getting then the real version, supposedly. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So my next thing on the list Killian and Extremis and AIM and, and the whole, you know, the, the evil super soldier side of this. Tony's yeah. ex-girlfriend. Which that is supposedly the biggest controversy from this movie, right? She was supposed to be the bad guy. And didn't they say like, oh, like in like a, like yeah. won't sell in a toy sense? One, one like, particular producer who's not involved, who's been pushed out of the MCU, who is like close friends with lowercase t. Lowercase R U M. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah. there's a famous picture of this producer with him. Okay. And that's the guy who said, uh, You have to change that because no one's going to buy a toy of her or something like yeah. that. And then it's like, How many people bought toys of Guy Pierce again? I don't remember. I mean, I do, anybody... love, I, I do love Guy Pierce. I was very excited to see him in this movie. Yeah. I didn't know anything about like the extremist storyline from the comics, but I know that it's like based on the comics and stuff. Personally, I feel like it's the weakest version of like a super soldier serum. They never come out and say super soldier in this, and I think they throw that term around way too much now these days. Pepper says like weaponized soldier or something mm -hmm, like that, maybe mm -hmm. or enhanced soldier. Oh, en yeah, enhanced yeah. was a big term in this phase too, I believe. Uh, it's so bizarre, though, how, like, they, you know, the idea is, like, you know, you have Wolverine powers, like, you grow back your limbs and stuff, but you do it and you, like, become, like, a fire monster. Like, that's the weirdest part to me is, like, they never explain, like, you're going to have these side effects and turn into a fire-breathing dragon man. So overall, for me, with the extremist plot stuff, like, it's kind of not important because this just all turns into Killian kidnaps everybody to eventually try and kill the president on TV. It's like, wait, what? That was your whole plan the whole long? Like, you're going to kill the president because the vice president agrees to, like, pass legislation for you? It's like none of this was set up. None of it was, it was all just sort of last minute bond reveal kind of thing. Yeah. And just a uh, a big um, waste, uh, as you're saying, because you said the vice president. That's uh, Miguel Ferrer, who, yeah. who's, who's, who's passed away. He's played a lot of bad guys in, in, in his career, and I feel like it was just a waste of that. Of that yeah, character. and I wonder if President Ellis is still president in the MCU. Let's see, what else do we got? Shane Black, let's, you know, talk about him a minute. We brought him up earlier. He brought Christmas to the MCU. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't really, I've never really gotten that but i love it you know like i don't understand his fixation with it i don't think there's anything essential about him doing these 
I think it's like the juxtaposition to like people going through fucked up dark moments of their lives around the happiest time of the year. Okay. You know, like I think yeah, that's yeah. just a general yeah. show, showing that. I mean, because again, we get it in what Lethal Weapon Two. We get it in this. We get it in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. We get it in the the Nice Guys. Yeah, I always thought that the Christmas thing was just like how you knew it was um, his movie without seeing the credits, right? Like it's just like an artistic yeah, signature. Which plays into the part of this being one of the, like I said, one of the films that like, if you're just watching it without any information that you could be like, this feels like a Shane Black film. What about his um, his suits? The, the closet? So at the end he explodes them all? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He does it for Pepper to be like, you know, I'm not, you know, this is the end of it. Which is then kind of funny that like then Josh Whedon just kind of wipes that all away with Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. That there's like those... The Iron Legion. The Iron Legion, thank you. Yeah. That's going out there. It is a little inconsistent, you're right. However, they did something kind of subtle. They allude to him and Pepper separating for yeah, a couple movies. A little, yeah, being a little possibly on the rocks. Be, possibly yeah. because of his sort of like obsession with needing to tinker with the... With the yeah, they don't really say, any, say anything in Ultron, but then, yeah, in Civil War... They're not together, but then they're engaged at the end of Homecoming, yeah. I like the concept of he's got all these suits, but I wish we saw more of them clearly like yeah. especially in the final battle when they're all flying around like it's a really interesting concept to be like Jarvis is piloting all the suits and he's he's suit swapping lefties jumping into one and out of the other and like yeah. that's awesome stuff I just wish we could see them a little better and and all of their like personal abilities and yeah stuff. I remember looking at an article or whatever you know like that they did a breakdown again this this it feels like a little bit like this is for the toys you know that's Good point. Yeah. You know, like just creating so many of these things. Because one kind of looks like, because at the time it was like, is this going to be the Hulkbuster? But it's like, no, we got we got the Hulkbuster in Ultron. Oh, yeah, no, we got the yeah. real Hulkbuster. Yeah, the real Hulkbuster. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, there's just so many. It's just, we briefly see like the thing closing or whatever. And we, see, you know, see the depths of all these suits. And then, um, you know, I mean, like at this point, like, again, the year before seeing the Battle of New York, like that is still like, just such an awesome battle i think in yeah. all the movies that have come out yeah yeah it's just like it was gonna be hard for this one to like live up to that you know why i like that one that one's so good is it's a daytime battle you can see exactly what's going on this yeah. one takes place in like three in the morning somewhere <laughs> yeah just in the harbors of miami but there i mean there's plenty of things i i i like about this movie in that, that that was like what I'm saying that I do, yeah. I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Now he's got the nano suit, so he can pretty much shape it into whatever one he needs it to. Or yeah, whatever. which I love. Which I love. Like we kind of get introduced to that uh, in Infinity War. He's like, oh yeah, nanotech. Well, I love the Mark Forty Two. I love the uh, like. For me, the whole thing of the suits was like, this is the evolution. He can just like have it fly onto him, and he can operate yeah. it like with a headband. And it's a great mirroring of the original film and that whole experimenting process. So he's also, I've realized, like he's trying to enhance himself. Like he he, he injects puts, himself. He puts the yeah. injections in so that like they could fly. So it's like his superpower yeah. is like calling his suit. To him, it's like he so many he more feels, hand gestures in this. Yeah, like it, it seems like in a way they're not a they're not saying it like with words, but with actions and stuff. It's like he's got a complex, you know. Like yeah. he's not as strong as and fast as Cap. Like he's not as strong as Thor. Like he is the weakest of the bunch. <laughs> but we're seeing also like he has like the. You know, fighting dummies that we mm-hmm. see that he's right. yeah, learning he's, really he's, training. he's he's training himself because he does have PTSD and he's just like you know, he was expecting to sacrifice himself in the original True. Avengers you know in his mind he's not supposed to be here and now that like you know he says to Pepper like you moving in is like probably the best thing if I would have I would have went crazy if like if you were in here you're what I have to protect but at the same time he's still Tony Stark and he lets his ego get the best of them so i really like don Cheadle in this movie a lot and i love the iron patriot redesign it looks like a captain america suit no hating on john favreau i mean i love the first iron man iron man 2 is still is still good hey i have a podcast because of one of his films chef and Uh you know now he's also 
Yeah, Mr. Mando. The Mr. Man, yeah, Mr. exactly. Mr. Star Wars. Yeah, Mr. it's him and Dave Filoni are like the two greatest yeah, contributors. They now. together are now George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. With him stepping back for this film and Shane Black coming in, we also get the best John Favreau in the MCU, the best Happy oh, yeah. in the MCU, and like you were saying, Don Cheadle. Shane Black gets to really focus on, and again, since this is more like Tony Stark story versus Iron Man story, this is the most Robert Downey Jr. that we're getting in, you know. My favorite part of this movie is when they are both kidnapped in the same castle and then both escape separately and like kind of find each other yeah, in the yeah. castle and stuff. <laughs> and it's like that, and then from there till the end, it's like classic lethal weapon shane black buddy action comedy like it's the same stuff you get in like the nice guys too where it's just like these guys know each other so well that they're yeah. just like one's on more each competent other. than the when other technically like, like watch my six and yeah yeah and the other thing where he's like you missed you can't shoot a light from here yeah. and then he just shoots the light out and he's like all right fancy pants or whatever he calls yeah, them. Yeah. i don't know like there's just a great kind of chemistry between that those two characters in this movie and uh and roadie really kind of comes into his own as like a hero and stuff you know you see he saves the damn president in this movie he's yeah. the guy that swings down on the big crate and takes on three extremist soldiers with no suit and now he's gonna get his own disney plus show armor wars yeah I'm trying to see if we're going to wrap it up here about the movie because I want to touch about uh, touch on stuff about the rest of the MCU. There's the town brawl, that brawl in Tennessee. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Rose Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Where no. he's fighting the extremist soldiers. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. Like, I mean, definitely it's a, it's a worthy physical adversary in this film and it's kind of decent difference to like the first movies. I mean, you get Ironmonger at the end just in the third act I remember like that being a complaint in the first Iron Man it's like oh we don't really get like you know a, ba yeah, a battle till like the end yeah, like fighting soldiers and yeah insurgents. like that kind of stuff and then okay you get Whiplash and he's not wearing the armor but then like stupid armor by the end like I think Whiplash is just cooler without like you know yeah. looking like an Iron Man with whips at the end yeah and he's still fighting all the drones yeah all the it's drones like, it's very suit heavy yeah so like this one kind of cool at least that they're like glowing people that like no you know, I hear can, you like, I wish they went a little further like they did with Killian Breathing Fire but yeah. I understand they still want to keep it as sort of close to the ground as and also can. it's Tony for the most part like fighting people without a suit like I mean that's yeah. the whole like when again the kid says like aren't you a you know uh, a mechanic like build, like build something and he's yes. like oh so, thanks like Tony and his panic attacks in these movies yeah so the only so that's also a great moment when he builds the Home Depot suit. But and he I looks just, like a Unabomber. But I, I just <laughs> wish that he did a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? He's at Home Depot. Like, they sell, like, aluminum. They sell stuff you could do as, like... I think it was for speed I, and everything. I, I, like know, it, but yeah. I know. I it know. It's, it's his MacGyver moments. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of fun to see. And he says, like, in this film, he's like, I do what it... Like, you know, you go to bed. I do what I do best. I tinker. So he's just, he's just a tinkerer. Oh, but, uh, uh, the Air Force One attack. That was cool. That's sort of one of the last times that they put a lot of effort into doing as much practical stunt work as they could. I was so when I when I just watched this, I remember there's one shot that's just like so clearly practical when he's like just about when he's dropping the people in the water. So all of those uh, actors, there's 13 people falling out of the airplane. They're all professional stunt divers. Yeah. Lots of go cool behind the scenes footage of them wired up, being like swung over yeah. the ocean. And so, like, a lot of this stuff is all there. And I think that you can really feel it. That's a great little sequence. Very, uh, very visceral, very cool. And it ends with a great joke of him, the truck hitting the suit. Yes. And he's like, didn't see that one coming. Like, you know. Yeah, again, that was a good setup in the beginning. He has the suit walking around and he gets busted doing pull-ups downstairs yeah. and, and not spending quality time. <laughs> Is there anything else you really want to um, dive into about Iron Man 3 before we move on to uh, some other Marvel business? I, I just wrote down some of like, my favorite part, more like my favorite like lines or like qu quick moments. Okay. But in the beginning, starting with like 1999, Switzerland, okay. like... That's just funny, like Y2K again, just like a great way to, sh you know, it's it's Tony Stark and it's technology, so that's just like a and happy and happy. Is it the Y2K? The is it Y2K? The, the <laughs> delayed jump on him is just so good and just like he said, he Iron Man like, calls Iron Man calls him a mullet. It's, that's not a mullet. That's no. like the he looks like Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks like like a Texan Pulp Fiction because he has the Vega. bolo tie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has a very Vincent Vega kind of vibe to him. Again, I love I love John Favreau and I yeah. his comedy 
like his acting comedy is just some of my favorite. So when he's just like the whole tapping the badge thing. Oh, that's great. Oh, what a great gag. And just even like the fact that he supposedly he he uh he loves uh Down Down Abbey cuz yeah. it's uh what does he say? Oh, uh Tony says it cuz it's not distinguished it's something like that but the tapping of the badge and just like you're off with your super friends like i remember that being a line from the trailer i'm like mm. oh that's so good just another moments like uh i just stole a poncho from a wooden indian tony stark also calls a little kid in this movie a pussy yes <laughs> yes <laughs> which i'm like that is the most bold disney so, like i'm, I'm so, like i'm shocked disney allowed the word pussy in so this the movie. kid says you know mom's mom mom left for work at the diner and dad went to 7-eleven for scratchers and like i guess was, he won because, i guess he won because that was like six years ago yeah. or something and he, goes, he goes which happens dads leave no reason to be a pussy about it this is so off guard and he does something similar later where where like he, he, the kid is like i'm cold and and like tony stark is just like i don't care yeah, he drives like, away i know and you know how i know because we're connected yes yeah, and so the kid was like, like oh worth a shot which hey that kid is at his funeral on the end of the day he is at his funeral maybe he'll show up at some point on I, uh you know armor wars or iron well, heart or something th- well that was the earlier rumors from that was um from like when this movie came out like oh is this the beginning of like kid avengers or whatever that's oh called? yeah which they're definitely setting up yeah the female super soldier or whatever you know enhanced oh, yeah. or that he's fighting uh i love she's just like is that all you are cheap trick and a lousy one-liner he's like sweetheart that'd be the name of my biography oh, like oh. it's just <laughs> she walks into the room on fire and yeah. he goes what does he say he goes you made this way too easy yeah exactly. i dated hotter chicks than you <laughs> i love i love a good low-hanging fruit line and that yeah exactly but just the fact that he's like he's just the biography so, line was quick that was yeah i mean that's the, and that's what robert downey jr is great at that's what shane black is great at that's yeah. what john favreau is great at so this yeah, is this yeah, is just all... a really fun teaming of like right. three witty funny guys you're right. You're right. John Favreau comes from 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 the improv. Yeah. This is also background. like I mean, you know Pepper has like some you know good moment. I, I mean, hey, we're, we're about to like we haven't said like at the end like she's the one that like saves kills, Tony. Yeah, saves Tony. Yeah, and, she like, gets she becomes extremist. Yeah, and apparently cured after like it's kind of it's kind of funny how you know we're gonna talk about Black Widow in a minute. Components to the ultimate super soldier heavy plot-wise sort of material. And this extremis is never sort of integrated ever again into the mix for anybody trying to build one of these super soldiers. You know, they're just like, no one's touching on uh, extremists. It's too volatile. Like, Tony's the only one Well, if there's an easier way, and then also if Tony happened to wipe out everybody, I mean, like, Rebecca Hall's character gets killed. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. All, No, I know all the extremist soldiers are killed. dead yeah. and stuff, but like, to- except for Pepper at the end, but Tony has sort of the formula, let's just say, locked away somewhere in a safe. Yeah. It's just kind of weird how no one tried to, like, integrate that ever again into, you know, you know one of their minions or maybe maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, that's that's hey. what they're 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 pulling like early moments into future films i mean even in uh far from home we get a character from the first iron man you know in it yes we get christmas story right. which also referenced christmas story in this film too yeah yeah it's a <laughs> little inside joke there it's a fun standalone movie it's one of the better standalone movies Iron Man 2 doesn't really push along any kind of plot for leading towards Avengers. Thor, Dark World, we we get kind of introduced to, you know, a new Infinity Stone in a way. But, like, even at the time, it's just like... It wasn't like, you know, it's more like the ether, everything like that. It's not a rock. Who said it was a stone? That's wrong. You're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's always a movie that pushes the overall story along further which is definitely you know like winter soldier really leads into ultron because shield falls and you know everything like that i I think they do a great job of connecting phase one they do a good job of connecting phase two and then everything else they do a really good to great job of building expanding and again crossing over their universe again learning curve there's just this is un this is unprecedented so again I, i i much rather this than like a lousy semi-connecting movie yeah i hear you just in the iron man series for me i think at this point it's one three two you know like that's how i like yeah all right let's move on a little bit and talk about the future all right we won't spend as much time on this but i just do want to get your thoughts because we haven't hung out and done our like diner stuff in a long time and bullshitted about all the announcements and 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 that kind of thing black widow since it's out we've both seen it Mm mm-hmm 
general thoughts on on the Black Widow on how you, how you felt about that movie. It was entertaining. It, it was a nice little send off for her character, especially because everyone was so like, oh, Iron Man like gets a good send off in uh, you know in, in that world, and Black Widow doesn't. Natasha sacrificed herself, but I don't want to tell you. In the MCU, Iron Man's more important, and like people just connect with him more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you I, know, I think Black Widow ended up becoming. I, first of all, I feel like it is a little overdue. I won't say it's too late, but it is long overdue. It would have been great. Like, I mean, it would have been great to have this right after Civil War. Yes, when it exactly. Place. Yes, would have, been, would have been amazing. Yes, that would have been that would have been great. Uh, I mean, I think they also did a really good job that it is like. Again, as far as standalone movies, I mean, they were introduced to new characters, and obviously Yelena. Y- y- we have the Russian the, Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> but <great>. like, <laughs> you know, we're introduced to like so many other Black Widows, and most likely a Black Widow that will take over for Natasha's Black Widow. Yeah, and the Avengers or the Dark Avengers or whatever yeah. you want to say. But they did a really good job because I remember when this was coming out, people were like, "Oh, maybe." Robert Downey Jr. will make a little appearance in the beginning because oh, right. he, he says to Natasha, like, you know, like, oh, they're going to come after you if you go, you know, like at yeah, the facility yeah. or whatever at the end of Civil War. Or, you know, there, there was there was a good chance that when that, I was expecting when I was watching the movie, that Quinjet, I thought um, Chris Evans was going to walk out. So did I, actually. I thought Captain America was going to show up. You know what? So like, kudo, let's do this. Kudo, kudos to them. That also shows that, like, she goes and gets yeah. him. And to break everybody She's out. probably, yeah. like, in the Quinjet hovering over the facility while he goes or, and breaks people out. Or, or breaking out one person while he's breaking out the other people. It just does show, like, the, the MCU, the creators, like, do respect that character yeah and also at the same time i mean okay so now i mean hawkeye is gonna get his own he's getting sh- a show he's getting a show but also that's like a passing the torch show yeah yeah and you know what look at uh okay there was an incredible hulk but and while it's the same character mark ruffalo guess what they realized with with the incredible hulk much better supporting character mm-hmm. so is it again like like i'm saying i would rather a good a, a really good standalone movie with iron man 3 versus like a middle of the road like connective movie yeah so would you rather a, the character of black widow be very interesting as like a character in a bunch of other movies like i said i think yeah. my one of my favorite character moments of hers is her in civil war and i feel like we yeah. get to know her a little bit better in that one Black Widow really worked for me on almost every level. Like, I think it had awesome action. I think it's doing a great thing that started with Ant-Man, which was like uh, lineage characters, you know? It's like there was an old Ant-Man, now there's a new Ant-Man and he's younger. Yeah. And now yeah. there's a Wasp and a sidekick and all this. And now there's sort of like Team Ant-Man in a weird way, in a way that there's Team Iron Man, you know? Or there's Spider- him, there's Team Rudy. Spider-Man. Or what, yeah, yeah like exactly. The, him, Ned, and uh, MJ, their yeah. little squad. And I kind of like how Black Widow really punctuated that for me, where it's like, oh, Black Widow has like her own team, and it's like her little family, and it's her, or, and it's Red Guardian, yeah. and it's like, you know, the White Widow. I don't know what they're going to call her exactly, but that would be cool. I really love Florence Pugh in this. Is that how you pronounce her last name? But Yolanda, her sister. Like, she's great. Rachel Weiss is great. Um, yeah, D- David Harborough is amazing in it. Um, I love his character. I like the whole Red Room. I think they did a good job with the analogy and, and sort of, again, this is something I never really would have expected from Marvel, but it's like, you know, super focused on like the social norms of of what's happening today you know what i'm saying like they're taking the idea of you know where have all the women been running their blockbusters not just marvel but like in general okay and i feel like this movie puts a point on it it's saying like you know the the control of the red room is a lot like the control of that gender you know in society in the film industry all of that stuff okay and now it's come crashing down to the ground okay and we have black widow standing there like in the ashes saying like this is what's emerged okay and so i found that like so sort of like the socio-political aspect of it like surprisingly interesting all right and what like really worked for me like the whole you know not the concept of the red room but like the metaphor for the red room and that that whole thing and and yeah. Ray winston running it and, and just as far as story arcs it's very similar to this movie in the sense of like 
like it's Natasha's demons. It's her past. It's the red in her ledger. It's her most, yeah. you know, shameful moment in her yeah. past catching up to her. So we have to talk about that for a second because it's the one thing I know a lot of people, it's sort of in line with the Mandarin reveal, but the Taskmaster reveal like really didn't work for a lot of people. And I saw it coming. I, don't, like, I did not expect it to be the daughter sort of reprogrammed, but I did. I don't know. Like I didn't, I knew they weren't going to use Taskmaster from the comics and that already kind of bummed me out to a degree. I'm just like, I think it works and it doesn't work. I don't know. I'm really just like, just like sort of still sitting with it. I'm, I don't have an issue with it being a gender swap taskmaster. I sort of have it more of it being too much of an easy answer for who was behind the mask. Easy answer slash like we're most likely not going to get her continued as like a bad guy. That too. Taskmaster goes toe to toe with the Avengers by himself and we're never going to, unless we get a variant I'd prefer like it'd be great if Taskmaster became like a little bit how he got like at least crossbones in like two movies, you know? That's that's my biggest thing that I had a gripe with like for superhero movies for a long time going back to the X-Men's and uh, Spider-Man's killing off like the bad guys and that's yeah. what I loved about the ending of the towards the ending of the Dark Knight where you know we think like oh he's gonna let the Joker fall and then he's just like no we're gonna get you know the movable object unstoppable force and especially with the Joker because that is the end all be all bad guy Destined to do this yeah forever. we're gonna do, yeah exactly <laughs> we're gonna do this dance forever like yeah you, you you wish in some kind of way like you know which hey I mean even though she was uh, freed from her horrible father doesn't mean that she's necessarily gonna do like the right things or whatever so we'll, we'll see so my overall review of Black Widow is really good like I really think the action kicked ass I think it's fun it's funny yeah the action set pieces were cool I'm just still sort of sitting with Taskmaster (laughs) like I feel like if I had no attachment to that character if I didn't grow up loving that character from the comics so much like in like an unusual like for some reason I really gravitated toward that character I don't know it's a really cool concept of a character I didn't like I don't perfect mimic of everything he sees he can just replicate and stuff and I think you know without having like mutants yet without having people born with those types of abilities they did the best job of kind of grounding the character as possible like you know they upload moves to her like neo that is kind of cool and right like now the more i think about that's kind of cool and i think it'll be a cooler character now that she's got her sort of autonomy like now that she has her own she can think for herself she's not under mind control yeah will she still be able to like acquire abilities can she still download new moves and stuff like it'll be kind of fun to explore that so you see how i'm sort of conflicted about about that character like i love it but i don't but i'm getting used to it i think it was a decent although it's a prequel i think it's a decent send-off for black widow character for and i mean mind you Mm -hmm. they had this planned before like oh yeah yeah you know the script was like in the bag i feel for a while yeah the idea I don't think the script, you know, was, like, obviously ready before Infinity War. But, you know, since this is... And I'm saying that because since this is a story that takes place in between Civil War and Infinity War, for those that were upset about the lack thereof, like, you know... I mean, there were people mourning, obviously, Natasha, like, Mm -hmm. in in this world. But Mm -hmm. also, again, just the fact of, like, in this MCU and also in that world, Iron Man and Tony Stark was just so much more, you know... Yeah. of a name yes Natasha was like in front of in uh, in uh, uh, Winter Soldier in front of the government and say, you know releasing facts and everything like that but still I don't know just a really good send off and introducing some fun characters that I know will pop up but I'm, it'll be fun to see how they pop up yeah. like, seems yeah. like Yelena will show up in the Hawkeye show maybe Red Guardian will show up in Captain 4 who, you know. Oh, that'd be fun to see him and Sam. Yeah, like, you know, you know, you know, him and you Bucky. know. Oh, man, him and Winter Soldier probably went on missions together. Winter to the Soldier, my old buddy. Yeah. How are you? And he could just be like, uh... Yeah, that wasn't me anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. Embarrassing or there Bucky. could be another show that, like, like Bucky, you don't remember your friend, yeah. Red Guardian? <laughs> maybe, maybe they had the, uh, maybe they had uh, the Isaiah Bradley. Oh, that could fight, be the, fighting him. Maybe uh, that could maybe, be the Cap he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Or, or even there's, I know there's other versions of Cap because there was one that came mm-hmm. out in the '60s that specifically fought Red Guardian. I forget the name of that character, but it's a version of Cap. My favorite theory. 
it's the cap that went traveled back in time to be with Peggy Carter. Yeah. That he had to do a few things on the side no one ever knew about. Sure. There's, there's, <laughs> there's endless possibilities. Now, like that Marvel, I mean, especially we're being thrown into the multiverse. There's just so many possibilities. And again, yeah. there's still plenty of things that are learning curves. Yes, I think in hindsight, they would have done a Black Widow movie earlier or, mm-hmm. you know, like, or whether it was going to even specifically be this movie the fact that they still they, they they wanted to make this movie they 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 made this movie and then they didn't release it. I know you wanted it on, on demand, but they're like they they're like yeah. no, she deserves to be on yeah, the big yeah. screen. You know, again, did the best they I feel like did the best they could in the situation that they were in. What I love about this movie is something I also love about um, Captain Marvel uh, is you could fill in these blanks during the timeline anywhere you want. It gives a chance to bring, and I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but it gives a chance to bring Tony Stark back, Robert Downey Jr., in some fashion, if you're going to make a movie take place in the 80s and have a character, like, need to bump into, like, Tony Stark or something as a college kid. I'm just saying, like, I really like the precedent that Marvel is setting, saying this movie fits between these movies. This movie goes between those movies. Like, we're not just going to keep going in a linear fashion here. I know something we've theorized before, and I would still love it because I love a good fish out of water. Like, that's what we get with, uh, obviously, Cap in the first Avengers and a little bit in Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. But it'd be really great if we got Fantastic Four. They were from the the 60s, and then they're stuck in the quantum realm. Or maybe, because there's definitely Kang is out there somewhere. Maybe maybe he's maybe they're Kang's prisoners. Yeah, like the idea maybe they're in the negative zone. I mean, that's a very big part of their sort of lore and stuff. Reed Richards discovers the negative zone. They get trapped there. Maybe they've been there for a couple of decades. I am beyond like excited to see how they integrate the Fantastic Four. They're like one of the main strings in the quilt of the Marvel Universe, you know, and it's just so cool how well it's worked without them like yeah. i can't imagine how much cooler it's my, gonna be with them but you know of course in the end of the day like one of my bigger um, i very much loosely use this word regrets is just like yeah that we aren't going to be able to see like i was so psyched to see however brief it was tony interact with rocket but like it would have been great to see Reed Richards and Tony oh, yeah. interact, yeah. or or you know just I mean hey. like the fact that like I was <laughs> even saying like oh like black like uh, Black Widow never you know because she stays on Earth and like Doctor Strange is off you know like there's just obviously two, two things we're gonna get that I I'm dying for. So we're going to get the Thing versus Hulk eventually, you know, some iteration of that. Some, yeah. And Johnny Storm hanging out with Spider-Man is going to like blow my mind when that finally happens. Like, I can't wait to see that too. All right, let's, let's move on to some trailers. Shang-Chi. How do you feel about the two trailers we've gotten so far? But we got that, that that trailer, and we have the Eternals trailer. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for both. I think they're going to be cool uh, movies showing fight styles we haven't seen before, adding a certain lore to it. It just seems like they're letting these filmmakers have a pretty fun time with these characters. And it'll, I, I'm just excited. Since Black Widow is dead, Tony is dead, Cap is in out of commission, the, you know, out of commission mm-hmm. in the past or is now died as an old man. Thor is off. Hulk's got a baby arm. Right. Thor is off world. Yeah, but very much. I want, I'm curious to see like what Hulk's arm is going to look like in the in She-Hulk show because supposedly he's showing up in that. Yeah. So I'm like curious to see if like they did something mm-hmm. to like get his arm back to I don't know, whatever. Anyway, but yeah, it just seems like they're having a really fun time and just going to add like a lot of lore to it all. The fact that I mean we are now getting like we said the real Mandarin and showing this character and that's mm-hmm. alien technology. The, the ten rings. The ten they look rings. cool as hell. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it looks really cool. And then, and then, I mean, that's going to be that both movies are introducing and showing stories that have taken place over like millennia and like centuries. Oh, that's a very good point, right? Is that the Mandarin seems to have been alive for hundreds of years yeah. and the Eternals like well, it's started in the, it's in the title. Yeah, exactly. Started superheroes on Earth basically. Yeah. I really don't know a quite quite to be quite honest, I really don't know anything about these two properties from from the comics. They were a little before my time and a little sort of out of my interest range. Like the Eternals, I saw i mean i knew because i was a fan of jack kirby stuff and you know i just never got 
deep into those books when I was a kid. I'm more into the Eternals now, and I just don't know if they're going to go with that original stuff. I know that they've been rebooted several times over the years. I know Neil Gaiman did a very popular run on the Eternals. I think they're drawing a lot of stuff from the movies. Yeah, that's that. what the MCU just like picks, handpicks. Yeah, it does the little, best yeah. stuff. But the Ten Rings look awesome. I was very thrilled to learn that they're not finger rings. Yeah. That they're these bracelets that he wears five on each arm and he can kind of like... They've got like this weird magnet power to yeah. them or something. He shoots them out and they fly back. Like uh, it reminded me of like rocket punches from robots. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and it just looks again like the fighting style looks like they're really embracing like a martial you know, arts and yeah, the yeah. Mar- martial arts and just like mm-hmm. you know some really cool stuff with that. And then and the Eternals is just going to be showing us like centuries of like different stories cosmic stuff co- yeah cosmic so stuff it'll be cool we'll get a yeah. we'll get an earthbound thing and then something more about space yeah so yeah i'm just really curious to see how that all affects you know this world i mean at the same time we're getting a very cosmic tv show right now so. it'll be weird to see if the eternals had anything to do with the rings at some point maybe you know? like yeah. that would be an interesting thing to do so okay so let's move on because those are all the trailers that's released i mean spider-man yeah, it's we're like all we've waiting got, yeah. on bated breath but i have a theory why we haven't gotten that trailer yet we had three trailers, one movie has been released, and we've gotten three TV shows. Yes. Yes. And we know and this that... this is right that we were recording this before the last episode of Loki. Yeah, that airs tomorrow as of this yes. recording. Okay, and so we I... We should have waited until tomorrow. <laughs> well, you're right. Maybe we'll do a, a reaction yeah. thing online, and I'll tag it into the end. Yeah, I'll be Core Hubie Deadpool. Yeah, so, but we know Spider-Man is coming in, in December, and we know that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is coming in March. We just, we don't have trailers, but... Spider-Man's December? I heard it was December. Oh, okay. Um, Disney Plus is doing crazy things... I mean, we could go down the list of what they announced, but we'll be here forever if we want to get our two cents about all that. Maybe we'll do that in the next next time we get together. More shows will have been out. We'll talk about Civil War. Mm-hmm. We'll reconvene on these points and all that kind of stuff. But I guess that's going to wrap everything up for today, Kyle. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad we, we found something aside from Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> to sort of indulge in. And I think the Marvel yeah. stuff is going to work out well. Hey, there's, I mean, there's a lot more Marvel content now and has been for a while than Star Wars. I mean, they've That's got true. 20, what was, what, what did, what did Black Widow make? 23 or 24 movies now? Something like that. That's crazy. You know? Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I mean, yeah. Star Wars movies, what? There's the nine. Ni- there's nine plus. Well, 11. There's two Ewok yeah. movies. Uh, well, okay. Not even counting Then those, there's the Clone War movie. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm counting mostly the, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. yeah. Not nine episodes plus two, two stories, two spinoff. Yeah. Well, Kyle, <laughs> anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Um, I don't know exactly when this is getting released, but f- Foodie Films, I have been back cataloging some episodes, and they're de- they will be you know coming out in the future. I'm just kind of retooling my yeah. show in a sense of how I'm going to release them. Um, All right. Yeah, just so just dif- different plans happening with that, but. Yeah. What if someone wants a food tour? Oh yeah. Okay, that's a part of my life. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Would you mind? Do you want to promote yeah, that? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, during this time of not uh, releasing podcast episodes, food is still a big part of my life, and I have become a food tour guide for a company called Beyond the Plate Food Tours. We get food tours in Jersey City, Red Bank, and Somerville. The Red Bank, the home of Jane Silent Bob. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, but I give tours in Jersey City, so they're really fun. They're a three-hour tour. And it's, uh, it's your very a, own skipper right yeah. here. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a hundred bucks. You get we stop at four different places. There's some cocktails included. You know we cover gratuity and all that. So it's just you oh. pay the hundred bucks. You show up. You better come hungry because there's people that are like, oh, you know, like I, you know, I I ate something beforehand. Like that was a mistake. Or people that come hungry and they can't finish everything. It's just, uh, you know, a, a really fun time and hung out with plenty of my guests afterwards who were like, oh, we want to keep drinking. Come along. And I'm like, well, twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a really fun. If you're into cool. food, uh, Jersey City is, uh, you know, uh, out of the past f- five out of the past six years, the most diverse city in the country. Um, so we try to show that via the food scene. And, uh, yeah. Great. So check that out and you know follow me at uh, Foodie Films Media on Instagram. Always posting places that I'm eating, things I'm cooking, and 
soon obviously we'll be hopefully releasing some podcast episodes again and also i've been doing fun cocktail videos with brian rodriguez my co-host of <laughs> ps i love hoffman and high school slumber party yeah so check those out as well awesome man so i guess that's gonna do it for today thank you for coming by thanks for talking and to everyone else until next time make mine marvel Thank you very much to my very own Iron Man, Kyle. Be sure to head on over to Foodie Films and check out one of Kyle's tours if you're in the area. Please check out my other shows, The Monsters That Made Us with my co-host Dan Cologne, where he and I are going over the 31 original Universal monster movies. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. We go in-depth. We're taking them one by one, and then uh, we'll see what happens in the future. Then there's the other shows. The first show, Cage Club, the original. Joey and I have recorded an episode for the film Pig. It's a great movie. Cage is great in it. It's a good episode. Check it out. Uh, Joey and I also recorded another Elvis episode, so go check out Viva Pod Vegas for all your Elvis movie podcast needs. For all other things Third Time's a Charm, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. You can write me at T-H-R-E-E at cageclub.me. And yeah, get this podcast on iTunes, rate and review, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere else that you can find podcasts on the internet. You can find this show and all the other shows I'm on, cageclub.me, all the other great shows on the network. Check them all out. And until next time... That's the magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Three. Three may stop at me, and that's the magic number. What does it all mean?